Alrighty, Ty fans, welcome back to episode three of the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Powers. Once again with me, Mr. Sean Burns. Thank you for joining us today, Coach. You're actually going to get to be a part of this interview today. I hate that you weren't able to last time, but I realized that with your practice schedule and things like that, that you were a little bit busy. Yeah, yeah. But hey, Week three, third time's a charm. Let's get it going. Yeah, let's get it going. Also, quick, just a quick question for you. How's, how's practice and things like that going for you guys? It's going good. We're getting a lot better. Um, we're, uh, we're working hard every day, and uh, we're excited about our events coming up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of events coming up, our first official event is going to be able to happen this Friday. Uh, last weekend, we had uh, some weather issues that kind of derailed those plans. However... In a way, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because now we're going to have the opportunity to actually live stream the event, and this will be our first time ever live streaming a tennis event, will it not? Yeah, first time. First time. All right, awesome. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll we'll see kind of the dynamics that goes into that. Um, speaking of the event, our guest this week is uh, tennis assistant coach Shelby Barron. Uh, Shelby was a former athlete here at the University of Alabama and uh, has been on the coaching staff for two years. So we're excited about having her and let her come on and talk about her experiences as an athlete and now as the coach. Uh, and just a quick recap of the weekend. There was obviously some uh, sporting events going on around campus. Uh, congratulations to the football team on their victory. That was a... Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, I was about to say Mac Jones balled out. So did Najee. That was that was a wild game. Uh, but I think it's pretty fair to say that the entire weekend was for college football pretty wild with yeah, everything. Yeah, a lot of high scoring games and teams with letting up points that you just don't normally expect. Um, also, uh, you know, soccer this weekend had their uh, had a home game against uh, number three Arkansas. And uh, they pushed them to overtime, but uh, unfortunately, Arkansas, I think they said, ended up winning on their first uh, possession, actually, of overtime. So, uh, you know, I hate that. You know, Alabama soccer, they've had two heartbreaking losses back-to-back, uh, -back, but they're going to be doing their thing, and we realize that they're going to, you know, rebound and bounce back. I think their next home game is going to be their power of pink game, which is obviously for a great cause. And... Uh, we wish them the best of luck moving forward in their season. And uh, also, it is uh, men's basketball coach Nate Oates' birthday today. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, 10-13. So happy birthday to Coach Nate Oates. Uh, we wish him the uh, best of luck moving forward with their season as well. Um, so uh, like we said, our first event, it's going to be our tennis event. It's coming up this weekend uh Coach, you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? I know you're going to be competing, so you better you better compete well and you better win or, you know, we may not let you back on the podcast. Oh, that'll be tough. Um, yeah, it's, you know, take two uh, weather 
like you said, derailed last Friday's event. Um, so we'll be dividing them up, same teams, Crimson and White, this Friday starts at 445. Like Bryant said, there'll be a live stream. Uh, it's going to be traditional college tennis setup. Going to uh, rank the teams one through five, or the players one through five. They're going to match up with the, the opposing one through five on the other team. Get a little bit of singles in, um, some doubles matches, and it's going to be a good night. Yeah, and what time? What time? Everything's going to get rolling about four forty-five. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's the plan. All right. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be live streaming through our YouTube. Um, we'll all be sharing links on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, things of that nature. So you can whichever uh, social media platform you follow us along on, you'll be able to find that link to the live stream for the event. So. Once again, that's going to be our first time doing that. We're really excited about being able to do that moving forward throughout the rest of the season. We can't wait to provide you all with that. Also, today's podcast is brought to you by Hollister. Hollister has been a great sponsor for us throughout the years, and we can't thank them enough for everything that they've done. And today's interview with Shelby Barron is going to be brought to you by Bama by Distance. Uh, we're also very thankful for their support and uh, appreciation throughout the years. So, Ty fans, I guess get ready as uh, interview number two for all of our podcasts here is uh, coming right up. All righty, Ty fans. Welcome to our second interview here on the podcast. We're with uh, tennis assistant coach Shelby Barron. Um, coach Barron, I'll just kind of allow you to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about yourself here. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Brian. Happy to be here. Um, I am currently the volunteer assistant coach here for the wheelchair tennis team. I graduated last year with my master's where I uh, competed for five years as a student athlete, helped the team win four national championships. Um, and right now I'm just training for Tokyo next year um, and helping out the team. Okay, awesome. So uh, we'll kind of just get right off into it. Um, you know, I'm real curious about this. So how did your athletic career start? Yeah, so actually when I was nine years old, um, I was just walking around with crutches and braces. And so my PE teacher noticed as a third grader, um, I was getting a lot slower than my classmates. So she searched out an adaptive PE specialist and she introduced me to wheelchair for the first time. And actually I started off um, playing wheelchair basketball as my first sport. Um, but as you know, for wheelchair basketball, you need 10 people in wheelchairs and we didn't really have an abundance of uh, athletic people playing um, wheelchair sports in Hawaii. So um, my brother was starting to play tennis around that time. And wheelchair tennis is actually one of the only sports that you can play with an able-bodied player on the court. So um, I quickly got um, introduced to that and I fell in love with it. How, how do you think that like that kind of introduction to tennis and just wheelchair sport really like affected you as a as a person um really like when i was growing up i spent a lot of my time just trying to fit in um my my mom put me in all these like musical classes and acting classes and i really wasn't interested in any of those things so when i finally started playing sports and started competing and started working towards getting good at something um i just fell in love with it like i love the atmosphere i, I just love sports in general all right yeah because so that kind of leads into the next question that i had for you you know what what you know, it was it was going to be. What did it mean for you to be able to compete at such an early age? You know, what what was that like? So, kind of, if you want to touch base on that a little bit more, you can. But 
or we can just lead into the next awesome <laughs> question. Actually, yeah. So I actually um, joined a junior tennis team. It was an able body team. I was the only person in the league that played in a wheelchair. Um, but they really just, they treated me like family, like their teammate. Um, they didn't treat me any differently just because I was in a wheelchair. And so it really helped me like with my social development, emotional development, um, just to make friends and, and to just be a part of some sort of culture. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How often were you playing at that time? Um, I was only playing about like, uh, like twice a week for, for a couple hours each week. I wasn't too serious about it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty standard. I feel like, you know, my same way for me is like we played like once a week, no matter what the sport was. It seemed like it was once a week. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just curious if it was, you know, different being on an able-bodied team versus, you know, growing up in like a wheelchair atmosphere where it's like, you know, you guys might be from pretty far apart. You can only get together once, twice a week, something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So you you said, so you started competing pretty early. You know, how, how uh, like, what was your, or how, I was about to say, how, what was your favorite event? My favorite event? Well, actually, so I didn't actually start competing in tournaments until I was about 15 or 16 years old. I, I went to this junior camp in Mission Viejo, California. And that's when I met all my national coaches and they said, hey, you need to start playing international tournaments. Um, so before that, I was just playing junior tennis, playing, just playing matches each weekend. Um, and so when I really started getting into it, um, my first tournament was in Taiwan, actually, because it's about the same distance to go to Asia from Hawaii to it, as it is to go to America. So or the mainland. And so uh, my first event was actually really fun, just just meeting all kinds of different people. Um, I partnered up with someone from Thailand. She didn't even speak a lick of English. And I don't know, we won that event somehow. So my very first tournament, um, this is very unusual, but I, I won the doubles event. Oh, that's, wow, that's awesome. pretty impressive. Yeah, say, so you talked about being from Hawaii. What was that transition like coming to Alabama? Because that's something that I'm always interested in and how athletes are able to, you know, you're, you're traveling I mean, I can't tell you how many hours away, what, eight, probably eight, nine hours just via flight? Yeah, ten um, hours, yeah. Yeah, ten hours. So <laughs> what what was that transition like for you? It was very different. I started off my first two years at the University of Hawaii, and I was comfortable. I was hanging out with all my friends from high school and made from college and just hanging out, playing board games every weekend, you know. Um, <laughs> and I decided to make the transition. Um I saw our adaptive director over here, Brent Hardin, um, and one of my friends from the USA team, Mackenzie Solden, and they were at this tournament in Hilton Head, and they somehow convinced me, hey, like, why don't you, why don't you transfer? We could get you a really good education while, while helping you train full time. And I really didn't have that. I never did that in my life before, training just like five days a week on court, off court, in the weight room. Um, so, I, so I made the leap. Uh, they gave me a little bit of money so that it helped out with my my decision and um the only person i knew was mackenzie and, and brent you know so uh, and i don't think mackenzie wanted to hang out with him with just a, a younger person like me but but it was it was a big jump for me to just to go on a whim um go to the other part of the country and and not really know anybody so that was the biggest transition for me was was making a bunch of friends but this program here i mean there's 30 athletes in wheelchairs, um, so we're, we're like a really small like niche environment. So it was actually really easy for me to make friends here. Nice. Yeah, we. Um, I remember when you came, you were kind of the first full-time tennis player because mm -hmm. um, Mackenzie played basketball too. 
Um, so you kind of you've seen the tennis program grow and things like that. What what was it like being like the first full time player? How like how did that feel and work? There was a lot of trial and error. We didn't actually Evan, our head coach right now, was actually the the volunteer assistant, like where I am right now. Um, we had a different head coach at the time, but it was it was a lot of trial and error of of determining like what our practice schedule should be like where our competition should be a lot of the competitions it was just me flying out to to california arizona whatever um and sometimes me and evan would just jump in a car and drive to a tournament nearby um so it was very different it it was definitely uh kind of like a grassroots program um but but together, like Evan, Evan has always shown his dedication to our team, to our sport, and and together we we really built up this program. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. So obviously, I came I came and got to be a part of the program two years ago, and I didn't I haven't really worked a whole whole lot, you know, tennis events and things of that nature, working with the basketball team. But over the past this past summer, really, and then leading up now in this uh, this fall. You know, I've got to work more with the athletes and things of that nature. And it, it's crazy to me thinking about where the tennis program is at now compared to what you're talking about, where it was basically just you. Mm -hmm. So so what is it now, as you said, you know, getting to be a part of that initial beginning of the program? What is it like for you kind of seeing where it's at now? How it's all you're always competing at that high level competing for championships and things of that nature and knowing that you were a part of that initial process. Yeah. I mean, my first year that I got here, we did terribly. I think we, we placed <laughs> last in nationals. Um, nobody really enjoyed that tournament. My three teammates were all basketball players at that time. Um, so it was, it was kind of difficult. Sometimes I would have practices by myself because they all had basketball practice. Um, so I was just kind of out there grooving and, and I was kind of used to it. You know, tennis is to, is kind of an individual sport at times, but I love the fact that we have a team aspect here at Alabama. Like, you don't really get this in many other places for wheelchair tennis because we are such an individual sport. So just seeing what it's grown into now, like being able to have teammates to wake up for weights with early in the morning and and just, just going through the grind together, um, it's it's just this whole other experience that I've, I've really appreciated during my time here. So... You're now the an assistant coach. I'm intrigued by this, and I think maybe Coach Burns, you'll probably be able to also kind of touch a little bit on this as well. What was it like for you going from athlete to now coach? What was that transition like for you, and, and who really kind of helped you along that path? Yeah, so I'm sure um, Sean is also dealing with this a little bit, but I am coaching some of my former teammates some of my former teammates were you know we would hang out with on the weekends we won national championships together um they were my equals but now all of a sudden i'm supposed to be bumped up to to a higher level and they're supposed to take you know advice from me um so it's a little bit difficult for me to to really be in that position for for some of my teammates um i only have a couple now that i i spent a lot of time with um but and especially because of the age difference. Um, but Evan's really helped me through that because when Evan started out, he was in his late 20s and, and we really just got along. Like we were able to do a lot of fun stuff together off court, you know, like we go to a tournament together and like on our off days, we go like go shopping or something. So um, really um, Evan was able to help me out. We've, we've had some talks about it. He's been able to mentor me and, and a lot of those things. Awesome. Coach, can you touch a little bit on that as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it 
it's tough because you go from being friends with people and you still kind of want to be friends with them, but you can't necessarily have that outside of the gym aspect of friendship. It's, mm -hmm. So it's really tough. You know what I mean? And it's really kind of like mentally it bothers you a little bit because you don't, I mean, you want to come off as fair, you, but you know, you also want to, you know, still have your friends that you, you used to have and things like that. So it's definitely different. Um, but you know, that's probably the toughest part of coaching. Um, I think it's a little bit easier to relate to the ones that didn't play here at the time mm -hmm. um, than the ones that did um, just because, you know, they've, <laughs> they've seen things, you know, you've done off the court and things like that. And, you know, it's just, it's just way easier, I think, but you know, I, I enjoy both. I enjoy coaching the players I played with. I enjoy the new kids. Um, you know, it's really cool to see the guys that have been here for four or five years where they're at now. Cause I remember when they first got here and, and what they were like and things like that. Yeah. That's, that to me is awesome. Um, it's like getting to see that growth, you know, like, mm -hmm. and what you were talking about too. So what is it, you know, with the friends being able to having to separate that friend, mentor, coach, you know, what, what, what's that, what's that toughest part? Is it just not being able to kind of keep that same relationship, that friendship, realizing, Hey, you know, you kind of grow apart because you kind of can't do the same things that you were doing. Is that, is that, is that really the toughest part? Yeah. I mean, um, your relationship with the athletes definitely has to change. It has to transform a little bit from just, you know, like casually hanging out, um, on the weekends, or, um, to, to being a little smarter about like your decisions and, and what you're saying around them, how you're acting around them, because now you are in this position of being like um, someone they look up to. Um, so that that's really difficult. Um, but but I it is awesome to just see your former teammates grow as well. Like I have this one teammate, Lauren, I still call her my teammate. Um, I have an athlete, Lauren, who when she started off, you know, she was a freshman and I think I was a senior at that time. Um, and she just. She, our first first tournament we flew to was an international tournament it was like her first time out of the country and we had to experience that with her and it was it was big it was it was scary but now she's grown up into this incredible woman and she's in grad school right now she's a captain and it's just really fun to like see her mature like that what about you coach Burns? Uh, do, you, do you have anybody that you kind of had that relationship with that it's just kind of uh elevated to i guess you could say a different level that it's just now it's hey we were really good friends, but now you're getting to see that other side of it as now as the coach. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think one of the things is like, it's kind of like a time and a place. Like being an assistant coach, you're, you get a little bit more kind of ability to be a little more personal and kind of have different kind of conversations and sometimes a head coach can have with them. Um, and I think that helps me a little bit because I did have some pre-existing, you know, relationships with people. So, but when I said there's a time and a place, like it can't necessarily be outside of the gym. Like I can maybe have a casual conversation while they're inside the arena, or if we were on the bus on a team trip or something like that, like that can be more casual. Um, but once, you know, once you leave, it's, it, it can't really be that like extracurricular stuff that you may have done or things like that. So um, I'll just, I like to put it as like, there's a time and a place and it's, I'm getting a lot better at like understanding that I think as I've 
you know, grown over the past year and a few months. So yeah, awesome. Uh, so another thing that I kind of want to wanted to talk to you about, Shelby, you, you mentioned Lauren. You know, what are you know? Talk a little bit about some of the other athletes and kind of, you know, say I know I feel like every team, every coach has expectations for their athletes and what they're going to be doing moving forward through the season. What are some of the expectations that you have for each individual athlete? And you want to kind of touch a little bit on them and what they're doing and things of that nature. I mean, ultimately, the goal as a team is to win a championship at the end of the year in April. Um, so, but what I want to see from each individual athlete is is how they're able to grow while they're on the court here during training um, and even at matches. And I really want to be able to see, like, I want to see them perform at a, at a point where they're happy with themselves. Like, are, are they making the most out of their time here? Like, we have all the resources for them. We have coaches. We have strength and, uh, strength and conditioning. We have sports medicine. And really, that's 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 high-level tennis and they're, that they're able to get. And, and are they making the most out of it? Like, um, so that's, that's what I want to see from each of them. Like, individually, like, they all have their own different goals. Like our team actually has a wide variety of people. We have um, somebody like Avery and, and Jeremy who came here um, and they started with our community program that we run once a week. Um, not able to do that right now because of COVID, but you know, they started off, their first experience with wheelchair tennis was with me and Evan while we we're running this um, community clinic. And then we have somebody like Thomas, who's the number one Canadian player um, in the men's division. And Lauren, who's, who's kind of on like, like high performance track. Um, so th it's just a wide variety and um, they all have their individual goals. But yeah, I just want to see them just, you know, do the best that they can do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you're talking a little bit about Thomas. Um, what What is it like having somebody, you said he's the number one Canadian men's player there. And what is that kind of like for the rest of the team to have that that person who competes at that high of a level? Is he... And is he kind of the leader whenever he's there or what, what is, what is kind of his role? What is your opinion of his role? Yeah. So um, on court, he's, he's awesome. He's an awesome athlete. He's, he's got the skills and sometimes we do need to separate him and, and give him a little bit higher competition. So they throw me in, they throw one of the coaches in to hit with him. That's but, a pretty humble brag right a, there. Yeah, the they, yeah. throw, they throw me in oh, there. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of elite him. level, so yeah, they throw me in there. <laughs> no, 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 he can beat me any day. Um, but yeah, so sometimes we separate him to get him the best training that he can. But then sometimes we throw him in the mix, you know, just give him a couple a couple things to work on. Um, but but it really helps the players grow. Like um, I always play best when I'm playing someone better than me because – that just kind of forces me to step up my game. He's hitting a bigger ball, lots of spin. He's moving well. So I think it's good for everybody to, to be able to work together. And on Thomas's end, um, you know, it can help him to, to, to play with the athletes of focusing on like, hey, where am I hitting this shot so that I can continue this rally? Or, you know, it, it's really benefiting all of us to have different levels. Right. Um, and just I also kind of want to go back to you. So obviously you're an elite athlete and – you compete and you play at a high level. Um, you said that you were uh, training for the upcoming in Tokyo and things of that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. Yeah, you're trying. Okay. What What is that process for you like? You know, what what is what is your kind of like a routine, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. uh, throughout the week? 
Yeah, so right now I don't have a job because training for Tokyo um, is taking up a lot of my time. And then on top of working with the team here, it's it's kind of like a full-time job. So what I'm doing really is I'm waking up early in the morning and I'm hitting with one of the coaches here, either Evan or Tyler. Um, and then I come back down. Um, <laughs> I know you all see me. I'm like either in the weight room or I'm upstairs doing cardio to just get that extra conditioning in really. And then um, throughout the day I'm working. I... I'm on the uh, USTA National Committee, so I got some stuff to do with that for collegiate and stuff, and I'm a regional provider for, for junior tennis around the nation. Um, and then and then random, like, you know, work that we need to do for the team. So I'm, I'm the designated academic advisor, so I, I'm doing a lot right now with that. So it's really it really takes up most of my day. And then going on court um, for team practices at the end of the day, it's a, it's a full-time job. So I know we're talking about Tokyo, but tell everybody the story of how you found out that you made the team uh, in 2016. Yeah, so um, I know I'm working really hard to to go to Tokyo right now, um, but I actually I've been to Rio, um, and I I, mean, I don't want to make it sound better, but I wasn't actually trying to go to Rio. Um, <laughs> I was just out there. I was trying trying to be the best player I could be, play tournaments, improve my ranking, and little did I know that my my coaches actually had applied for a wild card for me because I thought that I was like in the cusp of the, the cutoff. Um, and so later, like earlier in the summer, they had told me, hey, like, sorry, we didn't get your wild card approved. I'm like, okay. Um, but apparently there was some problems with uh, with uh, some, some players like the Russians and um, some people got cut out at the last minute. So here I am. We're doing a, a team activity. We're volunteering with Move-In. So you know, Sean's there, uh, uh, Mode's there, Evan is there. And like, we're all just helping empty out cars, for put labels on rooms. boxes. Yeah, yeah, for the dorm rooms. And then I get this call and I'm like, why, why in the world is my national coach calling me at like 6 a.m. in the morning or, or whatever time it was? So I answer it and he's like, hey, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I'm like... I, I don't know the bad news. And he goes, we didn't order you any clothes. And this is this is my birthday. This is my birthday, August twelfth, and the the Paralympics start what end of, end of August, September, whatever. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't order me any clothes? And he goes, okay, well the good news is you're you're gonna go to the Paralympics, and it just blew my mind. I couldn't focus for the rest of the day. I tried to call my mom to to tell her what the news was, but you know, like it's five hours ahead. Um, so obviously she's kind of groggy in the morning, like. What? Hello? Like, <laughs> I'm going to the Paralympics. I'm going to Rio. And she's like, okay, that's cool. Good, goodbye. <laughs> she called me later. Um, she's a lot happier then. But yeah, it was a, it was a weird experience. Hilarious. I must say, that's kind of crazy. You go from moving, helping move people into dorm rooms to, oh, yeah, hey, you're going to go compete for Yeah. Like, oh. I'm I, trying to help other people out here, but now I'm, I'm focusing so on you myself. You do good things and you, yeah. reap, you reap what you sow. Instant right? karma. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the introduction of the podcast, and I told Coach Burns this, that with this upcoming event, I know he's competing. If he ends up losing, we're probably going to remove him from the podcast. So <laughs> just to give you a heads up, you know, there might be an opening, so you've got to compete well this upcoming okay, event. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, also, I want to give you the opportunity. What, what are you looking forward to in this upcoming event? It's going to be we're gonna. We've already talked about how we're gonna be looking to get it on the live stream. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be the first one that is on the live stream. So, 
What are your expectations for, you know, this upcoming event? Uh, there's a lot more pressure now that it's going to be on the live stream. Um, uh, it's it's really unfortunate that we got rained out last week because of the hurricane. But, um, yeah, now we'll have an opportunity for our athletes and, and for the coaches as well to, to tell tell people to come watch our matches, um, even though they can't physically come. Um, but what I'm really looking forward to is is just being on a team with, like, with just a bunch of friends, really. Um, Sean is a former teammate. Carolina's a former teammate. Um, Tyler is um, is our current assistant coach, um, so he's going to be jumping in a wheelchair playing. And, and Ryan, um, I, I hang out with Ryan a lot um, because of his wife, Caitlin, not really because of him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just – it's going to be a really fun environment where we're not we're not really expected to win, you know. Um, we got a bunch of basketball players not not training full time. We're, we're going to try to win. Um, so there's there's going to be a lot less pressure on us, and I, I love those competitions where where there's not too much pressure on you, so you're able to just kind of play freely. You know, I think Coach Hines is going to listen to this podcast and he's going to be completely blown away by the ricochet shot that he just took there. He's going to lock me out of his house. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah I, doubt, I doubt he probably let y'all come over and hang out anymore. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, so we're excited about that. And you were talking a little bit. I want to go back to you two being teammates. Y'all both won a national championship together, right? You said you won four, another humble brag. Um <laughs> You know, what was that experience like? So I know we're kind of backtracking maybe just a little bit, but I, I do want to kind of go back to that. What was that experience like for you when in your first one, second one, third one, fourth one, kind of which one was the, I guess you could say the most gratifying, the one that really hit you, hit home the most? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to say probably my second year um, here. And so that was my first national championship. We had come off from from going to UTA, um, Texas Arlington, and just having this awful tournament. And, and then we, we finally got our head coach um, set, and we, we were training all year, working hard towards this. And then we brought the, the Nationals competition to our home, our home base, really. Um, so that one was the most gratifying. All right, so y'all said we had talked about a little bit. Y'all were on the same team that won a national championship. Coach Burns, you know, <laughs> What was that like? Because how, how many tennis championships did you win? Uh, three because they jipped me the fourth one because I graduated mid-year. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, for you, she was talking about that one. Was that, for you, probably the most gratifying one as well? Or which one was probably your, I guess you'd say, most gratifying? I don't know. I thought the most significant one was it would have been the third one because that was the first one that was not hosted on like a college campus that one was hosted at the usta um like training facility which was really cool and it had the most colleges that we've ever had i think compete so um that one was probably the coolest we had how many people do you think were that like um our team no i know our team had five or six but overall 20 people yeah like and that was that's huge for uh, a college wheelchair tennis tournament okay all right so so and was your was your very first one that you ever won? You know, not necessarily in collegiate, like on the collegiate level. Was that was that probably your favorite one? Yeah, and or which was one was little, your favorite? Or which one was your favorite? My favorite one was probably my last year. So that was 2019. I it was a little bittersweet for me, but at least we were able to to take out the the W. But we actually had a pretty tough match against um, SDSU, and 
it, I was playing with my teammate, um, or my roommate now, actually, Thomas, um, and I don't know, there's just a lot more pressure on that for us to to really prove ourselves because they were out for us. Like, every team out there was gunning for Bama. Like, they hated us. They hated us because we're great, really. <laughs> so it was really, really just satisfying to pull out the win. All right, awesome. Well, Coach, you got any uh, questions for her? I mean, we we talked about it in the intro about the tennis tournament this weekend. Um, what what are your expectations for this weekend? How do you how do you expect it to go? And can you kind of explain like the format? Um, I touched on how each team is going to have a one through five and things like that. Um, so if, I mean, if you don't mind, kind of. Uh, giving us a little bit of your thoughts and expectations. Sure. Yeah. So we're going to have two rounds of matches, basically. Um, Crimson's going to put up a lineup. White's going to put up a lineup. And the first round is going to be three singles and one doubles match. And then the the other side, we're going to flip it. We're going to do two doubles and one singles. So what I expect is to have a little bit of nerves right up at the gate, probably, because this is our first competition since March. Um, we're, we're a little bit raw. Um, we're trying to put in a lot of match playing into practices, but but there's nothing like actually going out there competing, um, putting on the uniform, having some cameras out there. Um, but, but after that, I think we should be really ready to go because we're fresh. We haven't competed in so many months. They're ready to go. They're hungry. All my athletes are telling me like, hey, like I just want to play. So just be ready for that and be ready for the for the coaches to you know, show them up here. <laughs> yeah, are your athletes pretty nervous? Because I would be. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I would, yeah, Coach Burns. I'm sure they're going to be <laughs> really nervous seeing you across the uh, across the way there. Um, yeah, so, and by the way, do you have any tips for uh, me being uh, the live stream guy this weekend? Um, I'm kind of vocal and pretty loud, so I realize that I probably can't do that because – I don't want to really mess with anybody's shot. I also don't want to like them to hear me and maybe it kind of like throws them out of their concentration level. So would you have any advice for me? Yeah, I mean, normally you hear that tennis is kind of the gentleman's sport, so you can't really do anything. You can only clap, you know, when it's when it's an appropriate time. But that's the awesome thing about college tennis is that you're able to be a little more vocal. You're going to hear us on the courts just shouting like, let's go, Bam, let's go, Todd, let's go, Lauren, let's go, Jeremy, and kind of singling people out, but just make sure that they're not in the middle of a, a point. Okay, yeah. Serve, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I don't want anybody to go like full Novak Djokovic and just yeah. do it with a tennis ball. I know. I mean, you've seen it happen. It could could very well happen if you piss somebody off. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say that. that w and this may surprise everybody. I'm pretty solid at that. So, uh, <laughs> Just kidding. We're at, we are actually very professional yeah, here at yes, the university. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the cool thing about a college match is you can – you're allowed to cheer, and it's a little bit different. So, yeah, you're allowed yeah. to cheer. I think our team really feeds off of uh, support, like emotional support, so be vocal. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll have to probably have you on as a reoccurring guest, so uh, okay. we look forward to that. Um, also, just a reminder, once again, if Coach Burns loses, he's out. So be prepared for open auditions for uh, co-hosts for the podcast. You going to come join us? Uh... I, I'll, you know, I, I may not play, but I will once again definitely do the live stream and play okay. by play. So good. I'm going to I'm going to take time to watch Chris Fowler and you know listen to him and I'm just going to mm -hmm. go watch replays of him and see how he did everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Um but anyways, awesome. Thank you for joining us and once again, tight fans, this podcast or excuse me, 
This interview is brought to you by uh, Bama by Distance. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining us, Coach. Thank you very much. All righty, Typhans. Once again, that interview brought to you by Bama by Distance. You know, Coach Burns, I'm not going to lie to you. I really enjoyed that. I kind of I kind of feel like we had an opportunity to really get an insight on that tennis program from the beginning, but then also where it's at now and, and even really kind of discussing that dynamic of player to coach and then kind of uh, everything that goes into that. Um, and I also really enjoyed what you were talking about as well with you know, getting to be teammates at Meaningful of the Last Championship. So that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, once again, Type fans, uh, this uh, podcast this week brought to you by Hollister. Hollister's been a great sponsor for us over the years, and we really appreciate their support. Um, something that uh, we're going to discuss a little bit now is our uh, fan questions. Uh, I, we had a couple questions. Um, one of them was, hey, is there any way that I can be on the podcast? Um, that was by one of my good buddies, Jamie Barnes. He, uh, he, he runs talk of champions. He's actually one of the guys that I go to, uh, to help out with whenever I need help with our podcast. And the, he kind of did help us get started. Um, and Jamie, I'm going to have to let you know, we're probably not going to be able to do that, but <laughs> I'll give you a shout out here on the podcast. So there you go for that. Um, and then, uh, he did, he did have some serious questions though. He was, uh, do what? So we will beat you in fantasy. Yeah, we'll beat you though. in our fantasy league. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, he did have some questions. He he was curious about some of the rules, uh, and I'll let you kind of touch base on some of the rules. Uh, one of the rules that he was curious about was actually, um, you know, how how is traveling determined, and how is how is that called, you know, throughout a throughout a game? Uh, all right, so wheelchair basketball. Yeah, um, you get two pushes before you have to dribble the ball. Right. So uh, if you take that third push, um, they're going to call you for traveling. And that's really the biggest difference. Um, so, you know, if you push one hand and then another hand, like alternating, that counts as two pushes. You got to dribble. If you go, you know, simultaneously with both hands, two pushes, you got to dribble. Right. Uh, after that, it, it, they'll the we'll call traveling. Right. And then, uh, and then uh, his other question that he had asked was uh, about classification um what how how are how is classification determined he kind of knew a little bit about like our point system just from conference but uh, he's just curious how that was determined um when they all get on campus or sometimes the international athletes are already classified basically they watch you play um and you know knowing your disability knowing kind of that stuff background stuff already um they then watch you play uh and it's pretty you know, it's sometimes it's it's really easy to tell kind of what classification they'll fall into. And sometimes, you know, you have to give a little bit more in-depth of why you think they're this class. And then they'll tell you why they are, why they aren't, um, something like that. Um, a lot of times, amputee athletes are going to be a four or a four five. Uh, para-athletes can be anywhere from a two to a three, uh, maybe a three five, depending, just kind of depending. And, um, you know... Higher injury players are typically class ones, class, you know, one and a half, twos, two fives, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it, it really is just kind of like a, how do you use your function and how much do you have? And that, that's really the kind of the biggest baseline for it. So I want to kind of go back a little bit of what you were saying for people at home that don't know, what do you mean by 
your higher injured, like your higher embodied injuries? Um, so like for me, my, uh, spinal cord injury is, uh, at a C7, right. which is, you know, the C vertebrae in your spine, which are closer to the top, closer to your neck. Um, and then, you know, you got some of the, the L's and all the vertebrae in your back. I don't know all of them. <laughs> um, I know mine, but, uh, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm a C, you know, that's at the top of the spine. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, we appreciate the questions there from Jamie Barnes. And, uh, we also appreciate the help that he's done with me, or I appreciate it more than anything, the help that he's done with us and helping us with our podcast. Um, uh, so thank you, Jamie and talk of champions. Um, so uh, once again, tight fans, this uh, podcast has been brought to you by Hollister. Uh, we really appreciate your support. We appreciate you uh, continuing to tune in. Uh, it's awesome to see the number of people that we've had over our first two podcasts. And uh, we can't wait to, one, get this live stream going for our tennis event this upcoming weekend. And then two, also, we look forward to your feedback once again. We've already had some that is, we feel like we has been very, very beneficial to us. So once again, thank you for that. And uh, we look forward to uh, you all tuning in to not just the podcast, but to the live stream. Yeah, hopefully I'll be back next week. Yeah, and hopefully Coach we'll Burns you, will be back next week. We'll let you guys know Friday. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, you'll see Friday based off the results. And by the way, if you can't tune in, so I'll kind of go back to that so they can kind of get some live updates. If you can't tune into the live stream, we will be posting uh, results throughout the event on our social media pages. So you'll be able to tune in through those as well if you can't watch the live stream. So. We hope you're able to tune into the live stream. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, the assistant coach for our tennis team, uh, Shelby Barron. Uh, thank you for tuning in and roll tide.